Buenos nachos, amigos, and welcome back to the Fanny Pack Wrestling Podcast. I am still Petey Rave, your man with no plan. Here with me, as always, is my cohort. Uh, we're back together again, reunited, and it feels so good. David Jeffrey Majors, a.k.a. DJM. How you doing, DJM? Buenos nachos on top of the pie charts, everybody. The Fanny Pack Wrestling Podcast is flying at full force. The band, as they said back in 2000, is back together. But you know what, Petey? Last season of Fanny Pack, uh, I got to call you out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now, y- you picked a lot of the shows last season, and they were good. They were okay. Yes. But but I, I think it's time for me to to jump in and, and drive the good ship fanny pack for a little bit mm-hmm. because I being the the original indie wrestling uber nerd on this show I, I like to take this podcast and use it as a way as a venue if you will daddy to introduce people into why I love all awesome things indie how all of these things started, the the clever chants, how nowadays people are chanting this is awesome in large crowds and louds arenas. So earlier in the year, I threw across to Petey. I said, hey, why don't I pick out some of the very best that indie wrestling has to offer? And we invite some guests on and let them see what's really, really so great about the indies mm-hmm. and the awesome series was born yeah and we're starting with two fantabulous guests of the highest of the highest order Petey, please introduce them yes uh first of all we have a streamer extraordinaire one of my best friends one of the people that i i adore uh one of the coolest people on the internet uh whose beard is engaged to my beard uh, to be married, and uh, I'm excited for that. We have none other than the one half of Drunk Kids Gaming, uh, the one, the only, Brian Curley. He has no middle name. I don't know why I paused for one, but uh, here he is, Brian Curley, a.k.a. Curley. How you doing, Curley? Hello, Mr. Ravemaster Petey. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me on your show. And DJM, also. Lovely mess. <laughs> I have a middle name. What the hell? <laughs> well, you, I don't know it. I don't know it. It's okay. Brian Drunk Kids Gaming Curly. I think apparently it's a it's a thing, Curly, that only me and our other guest can only be introduced by their full name. I don't even know how it started with me. I, I'm not ripping off our second guest. It just started this way. But Petey, introduce our our second guest. Uh, our second guest is, uh, my fellow South Floridian, now West Coast, uh, na- uh, I guess native or at least living in the West Coast. Uh, none other than the man, the half of Night Attack, half of the, uh, the team that, uh, created the NSFW show and now, uh, and mans the ship over at Night Attack. None other than Justin Robert Young. How you doing, Justin? Ah, uh, I am so excited to be back on this show, not only because we got to watch this amazing uh, PWG show, not to spoil it, but also I, I uh, the last time I was on this show, man, I was Gandalf the Gray. You know, I knew a little bit about the wrestling back from, uh, you know, my childhood, but then I'll tell you what, in between then and now, I met a Balrog by the name of the WWE Network, and I am down the rabbit hole, my <laughs> friends. 
pay-per-view watching, uh, squared circle on Reddit posting. It is getting ugly for me. It's, it's back in your system, isn't it? Oh. Just when you think you're out for good, it just back. pulls you right back in. Gene! Great. That's good, because I, I mean, I came into this with a request from Petey, and, and, and I'm like, I mean, I'm going to go through my history of wrestling that I've, I've watched in my life. I started four hours ago for my first <laughs> wrestling match ever watched. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I'm not going to lie. At first, the first 10 minutes, I'm like, what am I going to do on this show with Petey? I don't know what the hell I'm watching. By the end of the two hours of that video, I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh,. But let's get into what we're talking about today. DJM, go ahead and introduce the, the promotion. I think we've talked about a promotion we talked about extensively before, but specifically the event we talk, we're talking about today. Right. Today we are talking about the 2011 show Mystery Vortex from the Southern California promotion Pro Wrestling Gorilla, aka PWG, run by Excalibur, director of food and beverage, and the indie wrestling legend known only as Super Dragon. This show took place in 2011. It's called Mystery Vortex, and again, I picked it out personally because, in my opinion, it's pretty damn off the charts. And for the last maybe four or five years, Pro Wrestling Gorilla has been nothing but awesomeness, just absolute crazily awesome wrestling, and Somehow they're, they're still going as strong as ever, despite half of their roster signing developmental contracts in the last three years. <laughs> so. Here, uh, DJM, give me, uh, give me some backstory on, cause it, it seems like, and again, I am just okay. kind of reintroducing myself into the wrestling sphere as a whole, uh, that PWG and Ring of Honor seem to kind of cross-pollinate and share a lot of talent. Is oh, most definitely. Most definitely. There, There's definitely a lot of, I wouldn't go so far as to say a working relationship, because indie guys work where they want to, by and large, unless they sc- contractors. And, and unless they sign exclusive contracts. Yeah. But uh, you will see, especially uh, in like the late 2000s, from 2009 and, and onwards, uh, there will be a lot of PWG and ROH crossover. Though they never actually work with one another officially, you'll see guys like Adam Cole, Kevin Steen, Sammy Callahan, El Generico, Eddie Edwards, Roderick Strong. You'll see a lot of these guys working both shows. Each promotion has their uniqueness to them that makes them who they are, uh, and that's a testament to a lot of the guys on the card where in Ring of Honor, they're one way, and in PWG, they can be completely different. If you ever see the differences between Davey Richards and PWG and Davey Richards and P- in Ring of Honor, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But the, to answer your question, there's a lot of cross-pollination, but nothing officially set in stone. But it would uh, seem that considering where we, li- we live now in an era where Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, and Samoa Joe are the like top echelon of the major promotions as, as you would deem them, although TNA may or may not exist in five minutes, who knows <laughs> that this is the feeding ground in a way. It seems very intense in a way that 
almost like ECW was back in the late 90s where it was like these guys are ready within like six months they could be in a title picture in, in that kind of mix in WWE, for example. Yes. Uh, funny you bring up ECW because ECW, Paul Heyman's brainchild, his personal assistant was Gabe Sapolsky, who was the original booker for Ring of Honor. So all of this really spawned from what ECW had in mind yeah. for pro wrestling at the time, in that it wasn't meant to be in the mainstream. It was supposed to push wrestling to its boundaries. And the mainstream companies saw the Ring of Honors, the PWGs, as the place to find the upcoming talent and yeah, yeah. essentially sign them to their developmental contract, get them ready for television, and then once they were there, let things take care of itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting thing about the the show. I think it was more recent than 2011, but I, I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, interesting thing about the show and our history with uh, uh, PWG. Uh, back, I think our first season, our first show where we covered a PWG event, uh, I was gearing up. You know, I had bought a couple. I think I bought one uh, event from uh, HighSpots.com, and it was this one. And it was almost going to be the show that uh, we covered. Uh, for you know of PWG before I decided to go instead for DDT four I believe that was the show we ended up covering uh just because I thought okay this tag team tournament that's unique to PWG that might be more unique to PWG than this event uh which I, I guess you know in my defense uh though this great this show was great from top to bottom uh, the other event did have Roderick Strong chopping uh, Adam Cole in the dick so you kind of <laughs> A big, uh, a big high spot for a cock punch in this. Yes. Uh, in- yes. Uh, well, then on yeah. that note, P, let's let's just jump right in. Uh, uh, yeah. Per, per tradition with PWG, uh, the opening match on the show is usually a tag team match, and this was no different. In which we saw Eddie Edwards and Roderick Strong, also known as the Dojo Bros, uh, taking on who else? Slick Nick and Action Matt, the Young Bucks. Yes, the Young Bucks, the the embodiment of everything uh, cynical wrestling fans hate about indie wrestling. They love the flippy flops and the super kicks. Uh, the sheer amount of choreograph that I saw in that first match was <laughs> insane. I was very impressed. Uh, well, yeah. Conversation about the Young Bucks, real quick, because because again, new re- reintroducing myself to the Matrix here. But yes, yes, they take a lot from the Hardys. Yes, uh, the, the Hardys, Generation X. But I mean, like that that influence is obviously there. They've got charisma off the charts. It, it, they seem like a a team that you would expect to have had a cup of coffee in 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 the. <laughs> at this point and, and in following I guess they have had tryouts personality issues might have gotten in the way but like they are just that they are indie wrestling you know that they are they are yes. very living embodiment many but metaphor of not only indie wrestling but this era of it where it is highly acrobatic it's like you took that element of ECW the, the super high spot crazy how can they do this uh, element and completely eliminated kind of the the Sandman. You, you cut the Sandman out of out of ECW. 
that is very much this modern sort of era. Yeah. The Young Bucks, every bit of that. Yeah, and they're every bit of that, and, uh, and they're every bit of quick, it. Every bit just to answer that one thing that. quickly, Justin, okay. just to answer that for you, uh, they're making plenty of money for New Japan Pro Wrestling right now. Yes. That's, oh, why, they're, they're, that's they're, why they're not there yet. Gotcha. Yes, uh, and also they're the embodiment of all that, and I think the best part, they are also the uh, perfect send-up of all that. Like, they definitely do a lot to make fun of kind of everything that is kind of their thought of like uh, specifically the greatest move of all time the handspring uh backflip uh back rick <laughs> where it's the that handspring you know tilt a whirl handspring back rick uh which is like uh let me do all these flips and then i'm just gonna stand here and do a back rick and that's but, just... but let's not totally forget about the the dojo bros either dojo we bros. have ring of honor or Hi, Petey. How's it going? Uh, I'm back. Uh, and the internet is stupid. Yeah. I'm worried about your show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I understand. Uh, alright. Okay. But, uh, DJM, you were, you were, you were talking last. Yes, I was talking about Roderick Strong. Ring of Honor original, uh, the guy that made chops what they are today. Uh, in, in the 2000s, uh, also known as the Messiah of the Backbreaker. And Eddie Edwards, in my opinion, uh, not one of those guys who I really don't understand why he hasn't been signed by now, uh, taking on the Young Bucks. And this was what I like to call an indie-tastic opening match. This is the trademark signature pro wrestling gorilla opening tag team match that, that gets the kids hype, as they say. And, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. So you're looking at gigantic athleticism, uh, really highly kinetic kind of high spots of yeah, yeah. legs and arms flipping all over the place. You're, you're and playing bigly. This is, this is the exact way, in my opinion, to open a show. I always believe yes. that the opening match on the card can be just as important as the main event. And <laughs> I think PWG has figured that out to be yeah. the catalyst for the show. And they, they always find a way to have a match like this where you can see the fans around the crowd absolutely adrenalized from this match. And that's exactly I mean, what it's supposed to do. Coming from the outside as a, as a completely new person to it, I opened this video with the intent to watch it while, you know, working on shit. Nope. And I, I, it's like the, it was like the human skin equivalent of shooting off a shit ton of fireworks. You know, I was like, I was like, oh, well, okay, I'm gonna watch this for a bit. <laughs> yeah. And I got really into it. That really yeah. is modern pro wrestling at, at its best, right? Is that at the end of the day, even if you are a casual observer, the shit that will happen within five minutes is something that you've never seen physic like human beings physically do. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 going into it, I knew, I knew what wrestling is and everything, and I've seen stuff, but I started being concerned. I was like, oh, they're gonna hit the audience? I mean, how are they making these without There's killing There's a child like, in the audience? What is someone who has been, like, yeah. As someone who has been in those crowds, you learn, you learn when to move. Yeah, uh, no, and you go, cause I was like, I mean, oh, I mean, just to, to throw it out there, man, I, one, I was absolutely loving, I mean, one, one of the things that sold me on the whole thing 
was like just there's a couple times when they zoomed in some of the kids' faces that are just in the audience, and just you have you have the adults enjoying everything, but those kids are fucking in it, and their minds yeah. are blown watching these men throw each other around the, of the which ring, is, which is wild. And I have to ask, uh, if, what was yours? And I guess Justin's as well. But what was your imp- first impression of kind of the personality of PW? I think that that's another big important part about, about the, the company. Of the company, a personality of the company. Yeah, just uh, to the personality of the show, the commentators, just the environment and the personality of the fans. Just pro wrestling gorilla as a whole. Yeah, see, like, so I was, uh, I was a little concerned at first. The, the, the first match that was going on, I don't know if it's the same commenters of the whole thing, but they seemed to be having their own conversation entirely <laughs> during the whole match. And I was like, what are these guys even doing? You know, like, the, the later in the show, they were like, the, I don't know if they switched to a guy or something that was doing it differently because I couldn't tell their voices, but, they were starting to describe like all the moves, all the kicks, yeah. all the throws and stuff. And I was actually enjoying that part of it because I was like, oh, I can actually, you know, I can understand yeah. what's going on. Cause to me, it just, it's a bunch of flopping around and, and, uh, but it was really cool. I mean, I enjoyed, I mean, they, they get everyone hyped and everything and they're, they're excited about it. It's the same, same thing I get from the other stuff that I watch. I'm not a big sports guy technically, uh, but I enjoy the spectacle of sports and it helps to have, uh, for me, for a casual viewer, uh, to have, uh, someone be your maestro in regards to like the, the, the discussion of it, the commentating on it and stuff. Otherwise I'm, I don't know what I'm watching all the time, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. Don't know when I should be. And, and that is, that is something that is both a positive and a negative with indie wrestling is that the commentary oftentimes can be usually on point, but mm-hmm. then when it does deviate, it's, it's very, very inside. Well, so you, I mean, you picked this show because you knew it was uh, good, a good one, right? I, yes, I didn't know I was yes. watching like a handpicked show episode. I thought it was yeah. just a, a weekly thing at first. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, so if they're not all like this, it makes sense. Cause I was expecting, you know, oh, indie circuit, it's going to be some, you know, not, not, not so enthused people or some, you know, technically bad actors or whatever. This is fantastic. Uh, uh Justin, I, I know you were especially interested in, in pro wrestling gorilla. I uh, was. Overall, uh, what did you think of just the overall package and presentation of, of what you saw from yeah, the first impressions? Yeah. Real, real quick for Curly, just, uh, and, and for my own edification. So. For new people coming into it, the difference between PWG and let's say something like WWE is that it's not, I mean, certainly television is not there, uh, but it is not a weekly, uh, source of entertainment for the fans, right? This is mm. some more like monthly or, or monthly, semi- monthly or so. Yeah. So it's like every show you're getting every belt that they have in the, in the, ah, okay. More or less, more or less, uh, you know, defended and it's not like, these stories have a big build or anything like they would in WWE. And then eventually they come to like the big pay-per-view where everybody gets their, their just desserts. Uh, all right. So about PWG, I've been watching a lot of wrestling lately and a lot of, uh, old wrestling, like, uh, uh, older WWE's, uh, uh, ECWs. And a lot of the, uh, the WWE network will have just random house shows that yeah. they'll just put on as like their old school series, which I came to one last yesterday, uh, in a match against Greg the Hammer Valentine and SD Jones, special delivery Jones, uh, <sighs> commentators. And I couldn't place who they were, uh, made, made sure the, to mention the proto Xavier Woods, SD Jones. Yes. Uh, made sure to mention number one, that there were a lot of Orientals in the crowd. <laughs> uh, and number two, Special Delivery Jones loves dancing. Oh man, you should see him dance. Now, meanwhile, Special Delivery Jones, for those of you who don't know, is black. 
no dancing in his gimmick. It's not like he comes to the ring dancing. It's not like he dances in the ring in between stuff. It's just that he's a black guy, and boy, howdy, does he love shucking and driving. See, <laughs> this is why I say to everyone out there in the internet, I don't completely blame Alberto Del Rio if what happened really <laughs> happened. I don't blame him at all. Because no, no. I, I know for a fact there have been a couple of times I've wanted to slap the shit out of somebody in WWE for some of the stuff they've pulled. And, and we can do an entire. I, I ain't mad at him at all. Not we, we, at all. We can do an entire podcast about about race in, in wrestling in general because believe you me, it's not it's not a WWE specific problem. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's it, a something we've we've covered a, an event where all, like several faces had a, adorned uh, Confederate flags. Uh, as, as good guy. But yeah, I'm gonna stay calm. And if you look at, it's very interesting to look at PWG and something like NXT, which is currently on the WWE network. It is effectively WWE's minor leagues, and will uh, once Kevin Steen joins their ranks, have two of the headliners from this show amongst them. That's booked uh, by the American Dream, Dust the Roads, if you will, and uh. It's amazing to see what the difference is in terms of the focus of story. PWG, it's effectively like everybody in the ring is an internet smark, except these guys actually do it, and the people in the crowd just love it. The personalities of everybody are are effectively the same. It's not to say that their natural charisma doesn't shine through and it's not compelling. It very much is. But the reason why you care about it is because of what they do in the ring. And it's almost predicated by this idea of, hey, I've been on YouTube watching all these, uh, you know, all these New Japan shows, all these Mexican shows, uh, for years too. I know the choreography of Savage Steamboat by heart as well. Now look at what I do almost in the way that you would come to a, certain like like a jazz a jazz connoisseurs would come to a jazz club to see a certain artist perform because they all have a certain level of base knowledge that Mm -hmm. was what i got from pwg and that kind of seems to be where its focus is compared to something like nxt where it's very much geared toward hey here's some big personalities and storylines that you can latch on to and then come back week after week to see the story grow even if the in-ring talent isn't nearly at the level that something like PWG. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a, a speaking of a couple of guys you'll see on uh, on NXT. Uh, we have the next match, uh, don't we? Going we have... from hyper athleticism to pure raw, unadulterated violence. <laughs> yes. Between Sammy Callahan, who some of you out there might know as Solomon Crow. To the happiest deathmatch wrestler in history, Mr. Drake Younger. These two gentlemen have had a series of matches in PWG over time that have gotten increasingly more violent. (laughs) And, well, yeah, this happened too. Yes, this happened too. Uh, A guy you'll see wrestling in NXT uh, versus a guy you'll probably see calling his match. I mean, uh, refing his match, I believe, uh, over in NXT. Uh, a couple of interesting talents, uh, a, a couple of wild, crazy go nuts guys. Uh, and I'll throw it to, to Curly. What was your impression of this as, as athleticism turned to brutality? What was your, uh, reaction to, to the changeover? 
Well, for me, watching it, it went from it went from the firework bodies to you know just pounding, and yes. uh, I think that's where they got a lot more. I mean, they got a lot more out of the ring and a lot more physical with each other, and that's where I started being concerned. I'm like, because I, I I don't know. I, I coming into this, I don't know how much is is discussed between the players, how much you know, like kind of stuff. So it's the choreographing and everything, but it just seems like it's almost impossible. Some of the some of the ways that they don't get hurt in their yeah. stage show kind of thing. Well, that's uh, it. It's, like, it's like improvised. You, at some point you're like, wait a minute, wrestling's fake, right? Like, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> you're that's, like, that's like, the magic gentleman. That's, I mean, magic. it's a stage show at that point. Cause you're really concerned for these guys after a couple, after a couple hits, you're like, all right, that one, I can see how he, you know, he worked that one out. That one, like, Oh damn. No, no. Like, like, definitely, kick, definitely got kicked in the head. there. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, like oh, uh, and, with the face. Yeah. Both of these gentlemen, both of these gentlemen are, are products of combat zone wrestling. Mm. Uh, whereas Ring of Honor and PWG went in one direction from ECW of being the hyper athletic wrestling. CZW combat zone wrestling went in the other direction and catered the term ultra violence. They were, <laughs> was, were like Justin said, you know, you take that, that, that part of ECW, get rid of Sandman. Uh, CCW decided to take ECW and got rid of everything but Sandman and Balls Mahoney and Sandman Sandman on a bender, on a serious, serious bender. You know, there, there are, are two kind of canonical, uh, uh, performers from ECW being this very, very influential promotion, especially as it resulted to the Indies. You had the Rob Van Dams of the world, somebody who was hyper-athletic, was, you know, leaping across the ring, showed a kind of, uh, for a stocky guy, a sort of range of motion that had therefore, uh, therefore really been unseen. And, and, uh, same with Sabu. And then you had somebody like Sandman, who was effectively like a Philadelphia schlub, just a guy with a beer gut that would <laughs> do these incredibly bloody matches and at some point uh was literally crucified like Jesus on the side of the ring with a crown of barbed wire uh leading about as bloody as the actual crucifixion uh with Kurt Angle in the audience with Kurt Angle in the audience. 10 years later that was Drake Younger yeah so that, that- so that CZW, which is in West Virginia, right? No, they're, in, they're, uh, they're based out of Philly as well. Are they? Okay. Uh, or so. Voorhees, Pennsylvania specifically, and the Flyers skate zone most of the time. <laughs> they are, are everything that, that BWG kind of, BWG was infected with the Rob Van Dam seed. They were infected with the Sandman seed. Yes, exactly. Unlike uh, uh, many, many a rat was, uh, back in the day. It, it does have its place because it, you know, I was watching a WrestleMania rewind of the, the triangle ladder match at exactly. WrestleMania 2000 with the Dudleys, the Hardys and, and Edge and Christian. And Edge made, made mention of having the Dudleys be part of that feud, took it from two athletic tag teams that were very interesting to the tornado in a trailer park kind of brutality. And that's what I sort of felt watching this match is that you go from the Young Bucks, which are, like you said, everything that that indie wrestling kind of gets shit for and then you go to something that is like you know you have a curly watches it and it's like wait what the these guys are actually like murdering each they're, other they're bleeding they're bleeding i don't want to <laughs> drake younger bleeds from headbutting uh sammy callahan theoretically 
Not even from a weapon. I mean, right? It was real blood. (laughs) I can tell you that. Yeah, that was like. That's the magic of pro wrestling, gentlemen. I was, I was like, all right, all right. I was like, no, nah, he, he's got like a blood pack. No, no, that's blood. That's no, still no, blood. No. Okay. PD, PD, blood packs. <laughs> I remember so that, thinking that's a, like, like, like uh, the blood you see in WWE today. Now that they've banned blading, which uh, it's the accidental uh, blood. <laughs> yeah, it's uh. So I mean, I guess if excuse it, me. Explain blading. That sounds terrible. Oh, uh, yeah. It's the act of a wrestler surreptitiously, kind of uh. Taking a kind of a regular blade at a moment where nobody was noticing, or if you're, t- uh, if you ba- have bad video production, everybody watching on television will be noticing, uh, <laughs> is, uh, is you take a, a blade and you, sl- you make a nice little incision on your forehead after taking some sort of hit in order to induce a kind of a, a, a blood coming out. Okay. So it's also, it's you're doing it yourself though, not as an part. aside, you're not cutting each other. If- if everyone will pardon me using an, an old school wrestling term, brother, brother, like uh, there's also a call, called getting busted open the hard way or, or <laughs> getting busted open hard way where it just happens. That does happen too. Yeah. yeah. And that, and that just... you see in WWE now because they've banned people blading. So yeah. like if, so if someone gets busted open in WWE, it's, it's absolutely legit shoot, brother, brother. One hundred percent, definitely. That's hardcore. I'm impressed. Uh, but yeah, the brutality of these two. Early? Do you have your like your phone next year? Do you have? Uh, can you like go on and look up a, a web page right now? I'm on a computer. Yes, sir, I can. Do me a favor. I just want your reaction. Just Google Dusty Rhodes forehead. Ooh. Oh Dusty. no. Dusty no, 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 Rhodes, no. as in R R H O D E S. Justin, you are evil. Now, evil, evil man, Justin Robert Young. References. He's a legend of wrestling, if you will. Uh, he uh, has a, one of the legendary foreheads. One of the that greatest of all time. And one of the ugliest foreheads you ever see, baby. Like him and uh, Kamala. New Jack. And New Jack. I don't, I don't, there's a lot of things going on. Uh, Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There's a whole section dedicated to scars. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Uh, yeah, just the brutality. Uh, and then <laughs> that's not natural. Duh. Uh, you know he's been on hard times. Of a city for each one of those. One of those is Greensboro, yeah. North Carolina for Starcade. No, got... I mean that, that's looking at one of those like mirage paintings. And you know what? Like, like, you know, like I see a sailboat in there. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta I cross your eyes. You'll see it. I swear. Just keep looking. Oh, schooner. Terrible. <laughs> um. So yeah, and and it's just that that fantastic brutality that you see. And I think uh honed. It, it's funny because this match versus the same match several years prior, completely different match. Like the same competitors and everything, just from the guys leaving CZW. Ever since they both kind of not necessarily left, but at least actually went outside of CZW, they actually got better. And if you saw the same match several years ago, you'd be like, God, stop and, it. And idiots. now several years after this, I'm honestly just happy that neither one of them has to do any of that anymore. Yes, that's true. Uh, of course, 
they're going to be trading wrist locks with the vaude villains, you know? And, yes. and, and they deserve it. I love the vaude villains. Yes, and they'll oh, make I, lots and lots of money. By the way, I want to go see an NXT house show. You yes. should. I did. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. Was yes. Bailey there? Bailey was. Bailey Bailey did the job for uh for Charlotte. Uh Ooh. It was great. Bailey, I'll yeah. tell you what. She She's got a great future behind her. There she does. <laughs> Pass on yes. that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, going from the brutality back to the athleticism and back to a little bit of the fun, I think something that maybe plays a little more uh, back to Curly's Alley uh, with a tag team match uh, uh, with the Super Smash Brothers, Player Uno and Player Dose slash sure. Stupefied, depending on, on uh, where he's wrestling. Taking on the Rockness Monster, who originally were kind of the used to be the player, the Super Smash Brothers of PWG before they actually made their way over there. Uh, so, so I, I hate to be correct if I'm wrong though, because uh, I don't know the names too well. But this is the one where there was there was beard shavings blew into another man's face, right? Uh, I'm going to say yes. Did no, you correct? The end, the end spot was, was the dastardly, uh, lock, rock nest monster, uh, <clears throat> with beard, uh, uh, doing the old, uh, the old, uh, sand in the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> with his own beard and, and it, it going, uh, thankfully the good guys, uh, powered through and they did not succumb to such yeah. a death team and they were able to power out the win. Almost got him. And Almost th- got this him. is one of those things in indie wrestling that I really, really appreciate that. Not only was this match super athletic, but there were also plenty of shenanigans as well. I mean, that's yes. commitment to a bit, if I've ever it, seen one. You <laughs> you're you're that, cutting your beard off and for a one a one-off uh, it, joke. It shows that you can commit to your character and be entertaining while still putting on an extremely athletic match. And to me, that is that is the essence of pro wrestling right there. Mm. And, and I, I really think that a lot of times. Nobody else does that better than PWG or at a higher level than PWG. And I think this is one of those matches that really showed it where the athleticism was top notch and the, the gimmickry, as it were, was top notch as well. But it kind of goes into, into that, into that smart kind of energy, right? Like the fact that, that they know their crowd, they know, uh, that, and the most important thing in wrestling in front of it is knowing the crowd, knowing your audience, and knowing how to get that reaction. Period. You're not just going, especially if you only wrestle once a month, right? Like, you know, it, it, you're not going to get away with it with a distraction finish or something like that. Like, you will get booed out of the out of the out of the American Legion Hall or wherever they are. <laughs> the Rosita Complex. If uh, if you if, if you do something hack and stupid that doesn't have at least an emotionally satisfying if not entertaining finale and that was a great way to kind of kind of end it and that's to your point curly i forget if this was on on or off uh the recording but you were asking how do you get these guys who are essentially independent contractors on the same page to understand well hey you lose this you win this and and that's kind of what you saw in this is that everybody left looking good some team, some people won, some people didn't. Sure. But at some point, everybody had a moment in which they could have won. Yeah. You know, like every, 
all of these guys have very, I mean, I can imagine just a very large personal fan followers that follow them to whatever they're doing yeah. with their characters. And more, then, more localized for Rockness Monster, but yeah, uh, definitely definitely for Super Smash Brothers. They're, they're all over the indies. Not in Chikara anymore, which makes me sad, but... Uh, I mean, that's how you indies. get big, though, right? Is you, I mean, you, you're, you're running a... It's, it's weird. It's weird to think of, and, you, and when you take it in terms of... Uh, and this is, again, me coming out from an outsider's standpoint, but looking at this 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 wrestling match as uh as i look at comparing it to all other industries and stuff either you know trying to live stream or doing magic or what have you you have you have the same the same hardships of trying to build your own personal fan following and your own show and getting your own shtick right but at the same time of dealing with everyone else trying to do that same thing and then yeah. also you having to work together with you know, tens of dozens of other people in a show just to make a thing happen. Yep. Uh, that's going to be hard to do for these people. You're to building craft an your brand, and, and and that's why I think uh, there's a there's a actually a more intricate form of building your brand now in the world of indie wrestling because, <clears throat> like, player Uno is not just a you know tag team wrestler and indie wrestler. He also does let's plays on YouTube, like uh, as <laughs> player Uno with his mask on. Like he also has just a show. Where uh, so he's he, straight up legit. Nah, like awesome. it, he he has a show called for uh for play. I want to say uh, where he and three other guys. Usually it's kind of rotating cast. All play a kind of a four player co. Uh, 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 not, now uh, ju- just for me, Petey, I have and to. And they ask. actually play off play Petey. against each other for a belt that they hand off back to the. But they uh, as the Super Smash Brothers are from Montreal, uh, are they are they in French or English with these streams? Because I might check uh, them English. Out. English, all English. Uh, okay. even, even, uh, Stu's, Stu's has Stu's Kitchen with Pasquale, uh, the, the Italian chef, which is hilarious and amazing. So you're saying Stupefied really, really has finally worked on his English? Yeah, it's an accent, but yeah. Okay. All right. I'm really excited that Curly identified the three pillars of show business. Uh, <laughs> indie wrestling and magic, you know. That's all, that's all there is. iTricks.com, ladies and gentlemen. iTricks.com. Head on over to (laughs) iTricks.com. Exactly. All I need to do is get the ring, and I got all three. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) No Uh, other entertainment exists. Yeah, and and there's some fantastic guys. And, you know, everyone check out uh, the... Oh, I'm uh, following him right now. I I just looked him up. Yeah, he's a Dude. cool guy. He he does a lot of fun games. He does a lot of fun indie games. Like he he does a big focus on doing let's plays of indie games and stuff like his, that. So his location is set as the Mushroom Kingdom, Canada. That's cute. Yes, exactly. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, some fantastic guys Moving and another pair of fans. to to the a next of, one. Yes. Uh, this one did have this one. This match in particular was probably the most inside baseball meta for the diehards only match on the show, in which we saw Scorpio Sky, PWG original, uh, taking on the one, the only, Joey Ryan. Uh, just to provide a little bit of context for the this Sultan show. The Sultan of Sleaze. <laughs> the Sultan of Sleaze. The Hollywood submission machine, Joey Ryan, who I, I, I especially want to talk about for a second. This was... Joey Ryan's last match with Pro Wrestling Guerrilla for a while as he had signed a contract with TNA uh, in 2012. So this was kind of his send-off with his old tag team partner, running buddy in a faction known as the Dynasty, uh, Scorpio Sky. Uh, so there were a lot of callbacks, a lot of silliness from their, from their history and 
for me, it was pretty enjoyable, only because I, I got the history. Mm-hmm. But uh, just throwing all of that aside, I, I want to talk about Joey Ryan just for a minute. And I want to ask, Justin, I'm dying to know, because for whatever reason, I think if there is one person in Pro Wrestling Gorilla that might catch your attention, if there's one person, if there's one personality that would catch your eye before all others, it would be Joey Ryan. Justin, tell me, what did you think of the Hollywood submission machine, the technical wizard, Joey Ryan? You know, I mean, I, I almost wish, and this is kind of the 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 element that I, I wish we would have gotten more of that, uh, you know, I, I kind of wish I would have gotten more of his personality because I, I, I assume that that's a lot of why, uh, you know, you would, you would say like, oh, well, Justin really enjoy this. He was incredibly competent in the ring. It was a, it was a super fun match. Obviously it was a very emotional match for not only himself, but everybody there since he was such an, an influential. I mean, to listen to the announcers kind of tell the story, uh, was an influential part of the creation of, of PWD. Uh, not to mention it's always the bittersweet, uh, the, you know, it, it, it is kind of, the essential fabric of, of a successful indie promotion that you have these farewell matches to your top talent, you know, that everybody's yeah. happy they are going to a bigger, better place. And yet you can't help but feel sad that they are no, no longer going to be wrestling for this particular promotion. Uh, so, I mean, I thought it was great, uh, you know, in terms of like, did I leave saying that this guy was, was my favorite wrestler? Uh, no, not necessarily, but I don't know if this was the match for that. I think, like you said, this was the match for people who already knew and loved him as opposed to, uh, you know, Johnny-come-lately assholes like me. I will say, in, in all honesty, if you are more curious about PWG and look to dive into it more, and, of course, because TNA is what it is, Joey Ryan eventually does come back, and he pretty much picks up where he leaves off, and just keeps rolling with it. So if you do decide to look more into PWG, I know you're in California now, I would really like to know what you think of Joey Ryan because I feel like as far as pro wrestling characters go, there is just what I know about Joey Ryan. There is something that says to me, I really think Justin's going to be into him. He is the master of the boob plex, just so you know. Uh, he is one to every once in a while when he wrestles, uh, women, you know, cause there is a lot of intergender wrestling. Uh, he has a move where it's a German suplex where to prepare, he grabs tight hold on the breasts of his opponent and German suplexes them. Uh, and, uh, it is one of the most fascinating things is the bootplex. Uh, and uh, I think that's probably part of what he's talking about. Part of his, his character, if you will. Uh, Curly, did did you have kind of a, any kind of impression on this match, just real quick? Yeah, uh, probably completely different than your guys's because I have no idea who this guy is <laughs> or any of his history. <laughs> um, but this is this is where I started. I mean, you can kind of tell my uh, opinion of this entire experience uh, from the way I've been talking about it. But this is kind of where I formulated it. Uh, I watched this. I watched this match, and and it was just like a normal match that I had been watching. Uh, but at the end of it, they did the whole, he had, he gave him a chance to monologue and talk to the whole crowd and everyone. And it kind of broke the fourth wall with the whole wrestling thing. And he was just talking about how much he's appreciated the experience and everything. And that's where I really kind of latched on to the whole, like this indie wrestling thing is this, this 
cool art form that I, I really want to know more about because I, I love this. I love, I love actors and performers and people doing their creative shtick. And this was beautiful. I mean, getting the, him getting up there and, and the fans are being their fans and they're yelling and, and screaming and, and stuff. But he's, you know, he's thanking, uh, you know, Scorpio guy. He's thanking, uh, sorry, I don't know <laughs> everyone's Scorpio names, but yeah, guy, yeah, yeah they're, they're, he's thanking him and he's, and, he, and then even the, the one guy, the one of the announcer guys come up and he's just like, I think he's the guy who runs the thing with the mask or whatever. It's Caliber. Yes. It's Caliber. And yeah. so he, yeah, he came up and he was just, you know, gave him a send off and everything. And it was, it was beautiful. It's beautiful to see that, uh, creative people, you know, wishing someone onward to bigger and better pastures and whatnot. And this is where I started to really kind of like, for me, I mean, this is me. I'm a big nerd about, uh, people doing, you know, whatever it is that they find creative and fun as an outlet and getting to see a little bit for me, this is my first behind the scenes, uh, seeing what these people are really like kind of thing and how they actually interact with each other, uh, outside of just the show that I was watching. And uh, I really, really enjoyed that little aspect that they gave to it, that they gave them a send off and everything. Um, I mean, that, that was me. Indie wrestling has to be, it inhibits this very, very rare and extreme element of live theater. Uh, if you are an actor and you live in Los Angeles and you want to make it to the big time, you want to be in Guardians of the Galaxy 4, you know, like, and you want to have that opportunity, the big people who call the big shots and say, you're the one. You learn your lines for a regional promotion for some play you do it and whether or not five people show up or 50 you have to go perform it is this is that except nobody thinks you're legitimate the art form by and long and whether five people or 50 people show up you still have to put yourself in extreme pain you have <laughs> although i i will make another comparison uh with with theater because uh, i'm going to keep going with that analogy because whether it's five fi five people there or 50 people there one of those people might be somebody that works for saturday night live and then they see you and then it's like hey that guy and that can happen in indie wrestling too whether it's uh, a tryout match or somebody that works for one of the big companies being backstage, uh, somebody might see, uh, one of those talents and say, Hey, this guy, we'll, we'll see what you're doing in about six months and then we'll, we'll talk uh, yeah. because that, that possibility is always there. It, it didn't used to be. Uh, we, we live in a very interesting time in the wrestling world where WWE has turned a very close eye to the indies yeah. and it was not like that for a very long time well, it also mm -hmm. seems like, especially now that they have this nxt brand you know that they're looking to almost build like another promotion like they've tried to do it has kind of been the dream of major league wrestling for the for 20 years now compared i mean but as a wcw wanted to do with the nwo that's what uh, the WWE tried to do with the brand split between Raw and SmackDown. Uh, but it looks like their best chance might be with NXT as a straight, uh, you know, kind of minor league promotion that also features guys like Sami Zayn and, and Kenta and, and Fergal Devitt. Yeah. Now yeah. Bringing <laughs> yeah, but, yeah for, I, to further I to the point, yes. I, I totally fangirled. Yes. Uh, but yeah, to the, to the point, uh, in order to get to Guardians of the Galaxy, you gotta go through the OC. Uh, that's for well, sure. No, you have to go through, no, you have to go through the, uh, uh, Orange County Occidental College performance of, uh, the, the Taming of the Shrew parody that your friend wrote. 
you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, just just to, to to jump on that. I mean, that's a really interesting point, though, being that as a whole. I mean, the the genre that you've picked as your creative outlet is not considered great by the mass it's public. A, it's the child of carnies and con men, you know, it's not Shakespearean <laughs> theater. It's got no legitimacy to it in, in, in the mainstream world, technically. Right. But, but it, it, you're, you're going out there and the only way you're ever going to make it is to, I mean, you're putting yourself personally out there so hard acting wise for this wrestling stuff. You're out there in a speedo usually for some of these the, guys. The way I, you know? I have grown to compare it is that I may, I equate pro wrestling with an extremely intense form of Cirque du Soleil. Mm-hmm. I don't understand when, how you'd get over that stage fright though for going out there and yeah. wrestling though. I mean, because as you said, there could be five you or four. It's, it's, you've got to go out there and you've got to no, act. Honestly, Curly? No. <laughs> I've I've spoken with wrestlers uh, on numerous occasions. It's it's no different from live theater. It's it's that immediate reaction from the crowd, whether yeah. you get them to cheer for you or you get to, them to boo for you, and you elicit that emotion that you that you want from them, or you're able to get them emotionally invested in that story you want to tell. That like, is that. I want I want to see that is the, that um, match. Yeah. Are there, are there that like, is why they do it. Is there is there beyond beyond just being indie wrestling, but like where is the open night mic like wrestling, <laughs> like where there's like the guy who's like those his are first time camps and tryouts. That would be the pre-show matches on shows. Oh like really? These. That would be yeah. the pre-show okay. matches. Uh, but yeah, so you going have to, to the shows four. Yeah, go to the to the where, next where you're just trying to figure out if it's if wrestling's your thing, you know, and you want to yeah. just try it out. And you're... Uh, well, you, I you think that's trained a... first. You're you're gonna yeah, be in training. Wow. You gotta go to school. If you're dumb, you do backyard wrestling. But if you're smart, you go to backyard school. You go to wrestling. Backyard wrestling's kind of died out, though. It's, it's yeah, kind of died true. out. It's, it's really Luckily, died out. I think it's we're in a way bigger YouTube world now, where it's world like world star. Exactly. <laughs> now, you, now, now you do. Now you do. Now you do. Uh, unregistered Fight Club in Carroll City or something. <laughs> you know, that's what. That's the thing now. That is crazy. I would expect there to be more backyard wrestling. That is maybe the upset I of Armada that, that in a world of ubiquitous recording and ubiquitous yeah. digital publishing, that there has been less backyard wrestling than there was in the nineties when people I, were. Uh, think, where's the, uh, the where's the where's the YouTube uh, challenger championship belts? You know, like we need someone to organize this. If, if I started a promotion, I would I would do a web TV championship. I mean, come on. I mean, is, how, the, is the belt. How much backyard uh, wrestling is there at the rave household, PD? Come on. Uh, not anymore. Not anymore. Oh. Uh, none. Uh, there's nobody. To like I said, it's it's kind of died out. It has kind of yeah. died out. And, uh, but yeah, moving on to kind of uh, again, people that can elicit that crazy reaction with some of their moves. Uh, the following match, a kind of a four way match uh, between a guy uh, that has been around forever, <laughs> B Boy, uh, Brian Cage, uh, the 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 and. The incredibly handsome, uh, and lovely Willie Mack and TJ Perkins, uh, a bunch of disparate talent, a bunch of, uh, different personalities completely. You got somebody, you got new guys, you got old guys. Uh, but and, uh, I will, I will just say right now, make sure you remember Willie Mack. I'm just mm-hmm. saying. Okay. Uh, which, uh, which one was the gigantic black guy? That's Willie, Willie Mack. Mack. <laughs> I'm shocked. He fits so perfectly in in the Vince McMahon Justin monster. Justin. 
he he is what I like to call on the Kevin Steen watch right now. Any day now, any day. Just I mean, like it, it, yeah. it, it, he when you get to that level of athleticism for a big guy, mm-hmm. there's only so many of you. You know, there's In, only so many gigantic guys like that that can also take gigantic bumps, that can also be that athletic. And it's like even though WWE has trended more toward, you know, like look at like Umaga was somebody who was highly athletic. Uh, Rusev is somebody that can basically do young buck spots at like this gigantic kind of weight and size. He seems very much to fit in that modern monster heel, super athletic kind of, uh, kind of. And Justin, early on, I would, I was making Willie Matt comparisons to a young Samoa Joe. That, yeah. That's who he comp- that's who he reminded me of when Samoa Joe in like 2002, 2003 was just on another planet compared to everybody else. And when it comes to Willie Mack and Vince McMahon, just, just stay tuned. Yeah. He's, you're saying stay tuned as in, cause this was in 2011, you said, or are you I'm, saying stay tuned? Like we already should know that something's happening. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm saying that. He will probably be on NXT sometime before 2014 is over. That's that's fascinating. Uh, but yeah, you had a bunch of personalities, including the I think the last remaining member of the Pleather Shorts Posse. What was that, uh, Justin? B-boy. Yeah, go ahead, Justin. I was just gonna say, like, do you know Willie Mac? Like, are are you like friends with them? Like, are you like? Hey, not all black DJM people know each other. DJM is Willie Mac. He, he, he you know. I don't, I don't know. I don't think he exudes Look, that I, much. I am, I am the super internet smirk on this show. It's, it's my <laughs> job to. He's on all the forums and stuff. It's, I, I keep, I keep my ears open and my eyes halfway shut. Mm-hmm. So I, I keep an eye on things. And uh, no, he was great. This, this match to me really revolved around his spots. You know, you had, you had a lot of really great stuff, but I mean, Curly, as somebody just coming in new, this would be what I would say. Like, it, it, like there's the brutality, and then there's like, like I didn't know that people that big could be that athletic. Yeah, that's where you started seeing also, uh, Brian a Cage. Lot of- Brian Cage. I feel like with any PWG show, Brian Cage needs to be mentioned. Mm-hmm. Well, some, some of the some of the lifting of each other, and some of the just the jumping out. I mean, there was a lot of out of the ring stuff uh, with this guy. I was terribly impressed at this point. Like. Mm-hmm. There was a moment where TJ Perkins dives towards Brian Cage and Brian Cage catches him in a (laughs) uh, vertical suplex position and just holds him there. Uh, That is just wild. Uh, And yeah, these are just uh, some fantastic matches. But what was your impression of the match overall, Curly? Well, I mean, that's what I was saying. It was just a straight impressive disc because, like, Justin landed on the head where it's like, I mean, you don't. You don't see this kind of stuff. You have to constantly keep reminding yourself that you're not watching, uh, you know, something that's cut together for film, like a movie or something that they're, they're faking things. They're on a stage and they're in front of people and they're acting live. And, uh, you just don't, you keep, you have to keep reminding yourself that your, your disbelief is suspended, uh, for like, I mean, I have trouble carrying the cat litter up the stairs and this guy's catching people in midair, you know, full grown adults. And I'm just like, okay, all right, this is happening. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just some fantastic wrestling on there. Uh, like I said, uh, you know, Brian, the fucking machine cage, uh, 
is somebody that I think we've talked about repeatedly as somebody that who's uh, on another level, and especially when he's teamed up with uh, with uh, the unbreakable Michael, Michael Elgin, Elgin uh, making up the unbreakable fucking machines. Uh, no relation to the host of Tech News today. No, no relation. <laughs> uh, though, I, though I was, I was, I was. Part of me was really hopeful that he was going to be taking over Tech News today. I still say. The, my only, my only gripe with, uh, the, the you know, uh, a good man, Mike Elgin, he's a professional, he's a good guy, he's a good host. My only gripe well, we with need him a is that, in charge of tech news he are not unbreakable enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, unbre- you don't have to be diplomatic, it's a pro wrestling show. Cut a promo on him, who gives a fuck? <laughs> uh, but yeah. I'm, I'm trying we to make sure Petey knows how to be a good baby face. So Petey's trying to suggest that we have the Elgin uh, wrestling match to see who gets the uh, title of Tech News today. Uh, and- uh, versus Elgin. Yes, yeah. Elgin versus Elgin. Elgin. Like your eyes. But yeah. Can we have a, all right, here. Can we have a real quick discussion on, on indie wrestling real quick? And this was like, you have so much talent. You have so much athleticism in this match. And I understand that everything's on a shoestring budget in indie wrestling, right? But it's like, if they were to do an Indiegogo just to get three canon, like new, awesome, like cameras to shoot on, you can just wire them right in. You can uh, switch on Wirecast, right? Like, there's no reason why these things should be locked down with such shitty framing uh, and look like so amateurish, right? Like, there are kids that are doing better than that in their living rooms. Why does indie wrestling look better? DJM, answer me. Because, (laughs) Justin Robert Young, unfortunately, the pro wrestling business, born of the carnies and conmen, is still very backwards and myopic, and... Getting the pro wrestling business to progress to the idea of spending money to increase their their technical look and feel, it's pretty hard. It's kind of like yeah. ripping someone's arm off. They and, just and need a but, good tech guy. But they don't need their money. Put it on Indiegogo. You, I mean, PWG couldn't raise uh, five thousand dollars on Indiegogo to get three decent cameras. <laughs> they probably should, but you're uh, you're closer to Reseda, California, than I am, Justin Robert Young. I, I don't offer your services. But, but I will say, I will say this: uh, there is a lot of progress going from one particular company and one guy uh, beyond wrestling. Uh, they are doing some pretty good job of they, they all their recent events have been at least for a couple of recent events have been 1080p, a couple you know very well edited once they actually finally come out. Uh, and really good quality framework for you know for as much as they, they can uh from what i've seen so there's progress all of the wwn live stuff you know the gabe sapolsky the sapolsky verse has been moving over to hd so there is progress but i'm just know, come on like these guys are fucking killing themselves like you know they they're doing they're wrestling these matches they're still taking you know you got Kevin Steen taking thumbtack bumps and shit. I want to see thumbtacks in 1080p right yes. in the arm. There's yes. no reason why you can't do it. These cameras are not all that expensive anymore. Also, Justin, in 1080p, some things will be seen that shouldn't necessarily be seen with pros. Oh, don't give me that. Come on. Work around it. You're a They'll have to step their game up. That's all that will happen. Yes. 
Uh, but it, it's happening. There's some, progress happening. Some stuff. It, some stuff in the business can't be seen, brother. Brother. Like I mean, some people's book. It, it doesn't stop the WWE. WWE wrestles in HD. You can wrestle. TNA wrestles in HD. And Ma- Matthew of Botchamania has had years and years and years of footage to work with because of it. Gives a fuck. I mean, listen, we all love it for for the fact that you can see this every once in a while. I mean, like. Yeah. It, our willful ignorance and our suspension of disbelief that makes this the art form that it is. I mean, you don't look at Guardians of the Galaxy and be like, hey, that's why isn't Batista, you know, power bombing everybody? He's a wrestler, <laughs> not an alien. You know, and Diesel's not really a tree in real life. Yeah. Uh, yes, he is. Yeah. Yes, he is. Yes, he's kind of a tree. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, uh, we, we're going we to move on to the next. We need to talk about PD. The next this match. is a PW show. I have to talk about El Generico. Yes. Uh, well, one quick thing. Uh, I do love that uh, Scott Johnson's recent uh, sketch of uh, uh, Dave Batista's character in Guardians of the Galaxy. He accidentally gave him a GH gut, <laughs> growth hormone gut, uh, which is hilarious. Uh, but yeah, moving on to El Generico. El Generico. Uh, the man who for all intents and purposes, took the mantle from Daniel Bryan as being the god of indie wrestling in 2009 and uh, onwards, uh, taking on Rich Swan, one of the more interesting young guys in indie wrestling right now. Uh, I, I must wax poetic about El Generico. Uh, most indie wrestling fans know that he was, for quite some time, arguably the king of the indies, uh, until the day arrived where he, he retired and had to go back to Mexico and take care of the orphans in his orphanage in Tijuana. Uh, but, uh, some say, some say, rumor, speculation, that, uh, he, he taught a young man in NXT by the name of Sami Zayn, but, that's all hearsay and speculation, but this is some El Generico to get down with. <laughs> El Generico taking on Rich Swan. Justin, Justin yeah. Robert Young, you you had a, a smile on your face when I talked about the generic luchador, El Generico. Uh, what did you think of of this? And and if you've seen any of El Generico or his his supposed young pupil, Sami Zayn, uh, what what did you have to say overall? N- number one. In an era where, uh, there is rightful anger in our history of whitewashing the ethnic superstars of our popular arts, uh, where Elvis Presley can, uh, become the hero, the musical hero that none of his blues and rock and roll forefathers who were black were able to do in a world where Azalea Banks gets criticized by Nicki Minaj for trying to sound black. It is amazing. And it is one of those elements of pro wrestling, which is why it is such a unique art that somebody can blatantly just, just, uh, have this meta take on being the generic luchador and call himself El Generico, co-op all of the Spanish American wrestling history and be so beloved because it is such a ridiculous concept. And yet the in-ring work rate is so high that everybody, uh, loves him. You know, it is, it is in itself a inside joke, a smarky joke for everybody to enjoy. There's a reason why he was the king of the Indies uh, before retiring to go take care of those orphans 
because it was that connection between the audience that I find this funny enough to actually act it out. You find this funny because it's a joke. See, uh, Justin, I'm I'm not quite following you because uh, El Generico was from Mexico, okay. and he he was popular in in Montreal and Quebec. And despite the fact that he didn't really speak French very well, or English, <laughs> or Spanish, or Spanish for that really, matter, yeah. it really uh, was really but, yeah, very well. Again, as it stood for for. Those years, kind of in the the post Daniel Bryan era, where we were all kind of looking for who's going to be the next top indie guy, it became El Generico, and and deservedly so. Listen, he's amazing. This match was great. I, I also really really enjoyed Rich Swan. Rich Swan was Rich uh, Swan is wonderful. He, he's absolutely black wonderful. Chris Jericho. <laughs> He, he is yes. He is a young black Chris Jericho, and he is on, a maybe. highlight of the Gabe Sapolsky universe. Yes. A- and indie wrestling fans out there, if you're not aware of which Rich Swan, shame on you. He he is he is an absolute joy. There, he yeah. is an absolute joy. The, the, an absolute joy is being being in the audience when he is walking to the ring singing all night long by Lionel Richie as he walks to the ring. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing that every indie wrestling fan should enjoy experience. Truth, uh, Curly. What was your impression of this match and these guys? Uh, they're they're the epitome of the greatest characters I've seen on the show. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> I mean, it's really where you where you start to see the. Uh, well, I mean, for me, this is just one big narrative of of my introduction into wrestling. And, uh, here you get to see, like, really crafted characters. And, uh, I just enjoyed. I mean, I enjoyed the show. Really fun. Yeah. Really fun humor as well. I think that the, really presenting the humor of, of, uh, pro wrestling gorilla, which I think is a part of the important thing. Cause I, I remember, uh, back when we did, uh, our episode on, uh, and much to DJM chagrin, interspecies wrestling, mm-hmm. um, I did an analogy of wrestling Isn't promotions. In California? Uh, I think so. No, that's why it's in Canada. It's, it's, they're it's, in Montreal. It's, for, it's in Montreal. It's, I, I'm just going to say a lot of stuff that has come out of, come into indie wrestling from Montreal. Fucking weird. Weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, my analogy was that, uh, if, uh, and, uh, I, I later extrapolated in a speech versus, but, but, uh, if Chikara was the morning stream, uh, PWG would be the NSFW show back then, or now, more, uh, fittingly, Night Attack. I think that that's one of the reasons I think it was cool to have, uh, Justin come on to look at this promotion because, uh, of that analogy. And then I later extrapolated interspecies wrestling would be the comedy button, but that was a whole other story. Um, uh, but, uh, did, what did you guys, and, uh, back to the person that did you, what did you guys, do you guys see that, uh, analogy in, in kind of the personality of pro wrestling, especially you, Justin, who's seen both those promotions? Um, well, you know, it's funny. If you look at, like, you know, what I, when I, I did the Chikara pay per view with you guys, that was a lot more story driven. You know, you had, uh, little packages or at least, uh, pains taken, uh, by the announcers to bring up, why these people were fighting, what was at stake, why they needed to either succeed or what would happen if they would fail. There were a lot of stakes kind of put out there. 
Whereas PWG seemed more, uh, more like, hey, listen, let's just have fun, you know? Like, obviously, there's an element of the only real storyline we happen to get, aside from the meta element of the, the retirement match from, uh, from Joey Ryan, is the Steam, uh, the setup to the Steam match, where it's really just like, hey, Heel is an asshole, Steam, Sets up the stipulation he didn't see coming, and now we're going to have a hardcore match instead of a regular match. But it wasn't to the to the point that Chikara has the intricate ins and outs of storylines and characters that you know bend space and time to to fight each other and settle their differences in the ring. And that is that is the the fun of indie wrestling is that uh, to use Mike Quackenbush's analogy is that you will always find. 31 flavors of ice cream and you can enjoy all of them or you can enjoy just one of them and pwg's flavor is unique to itself and i think it is one that is absolutely worth trying uh i i think it it had i can definitely see pd's analogy with with night attack i i definitely get that just on the varying scale uh, I, I can definitely see that comparison. And again, that's part of why I was saying that if you, Justin, delve into PWG, I'm really curious about what you think about Joey Ryan. I feel like he is such a character that is so made for the PWG audience that I, I'm really, really curious. I think he might be someone that uh, everyone has their guy. I, I'm really curious about where that might go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, PD, let, let's move on. Let's get the last two matches out of the way because we've, we've, got, uh, we've got a continuation from earlier in the show with the Dojo Bros taking on the Super Smash Bros. Mm-hmm. A, pair, a couple of pairs of bros uh, taking, on the, uh, taking each other on uh, in strong, a bro. fun contest. Roderick Strong, bro. Roderick Strong. Florida, bro. Yeah. Uh, and well, you know, again, disparate personalities, fun match, fun athleticism. Uh, what did you guys think of this? Uh, uh, co- I guess a uh, pre-main event match. Uh, I'm gonna be totally honest with you guys. Uh, I was running up against uh, my time limit to become home with you guys, so I skipped a lot of this, but I saw the finish, and <laughs> I uh, I very much enjoy. It. I mean, like again, you know, I hate to be you know a broken record with this, but it's like. It's incredibly athletic on a level and, you know, that, that you have never really, uh, that you're not used to if you're not used to watching indie wrestling. This is, I, I think, fair to say my amateur estimation at the top rung of indie wrestling in terms of people putting on these kind of shows because those crowds are so live and, and PWG has a tremendous reputation that outside of Ring of Honor, really it's like, uh, you know, Ring of Honor, Chikara, CZW and, and, uh, and PWG are kind of like the three or four rather like big name, quote unquote, like the, the mid majors basically of, of the wrestling industry. It, it was great. You know, it, it's two, two, uh, teams that have a, a big personality. Obviously the, the Super Smash Bros are, are, uh, are, are just, you know, kind of ready made for a certain type of audience that that crowd is. Com- totally comprised of. Mm-hmm. And, and Curly, what, were you, what did you think of the match? I have more followers on Twitch than Super Smash Brothers Player One. <laughs> That's all that matters. 
All right. Moving on, moving on to the moving on to the main event of the evening. Calling you out, player one. Come down to California, fight me in San Diego, player one. My man. Spelunky off. Gaming is the best thing going. Time Hashtag pop off. Yes. (laughs) We're going to have a hardcore, uh, no holds barred Spelunky competition. Uh, let's see who can get the hell run first. Uh, moving into the main event of the evening, PD Rave, in which we saw Gorilla Warfare with Mr. Mm -hmm. Wrestling, Kevin Steen, that's his name for now, taking on the champion, and I think at the time, who the guy who pretty much held every title at the time. Yeah. Adam Cole. Kevin, Kevin Steen, my doppelganger. Well, the, yeah, Kevin Steen, the, the champion at the time, and Adam Cole, the, uh, the challenger who stole the belt and wanted to make himself the champion. Uh, I don't, I don't remember, because th- there was a while where Adam Cole pretty much had every title. Yeah, so the, yeah. It and, was kind and of a at the end, he, he got this one, too. Uh, to, <laughs> you know, spoiler alert. At the end, he got this one, too. Oh, don't ruin um, it for me, guys. I haven't got there yet. I'm on season one. Yes. Uh, but yeah, they, they just kind of decided to destroy each other. Well, really, Kevin Steed decided he wanted to destroy Adam Cole and Adam Cole wanted a belt. Uh, and this is what happened. Uh, I get, get give some a little context before we ask the guys what the opinion are. Give it a little context, Dave, with majors. Now, th- this match, uh, Guerrilla Warfare is essentially the PWG equivalent of what ROH calls the fight without honor. Uh, or the what CZW might refer to as a basic everyday match. Uh, it is the the final showdown of Ultimate Destiny, where both guys know that it's going to be bloody and painful and probably cringeworthy. And this was no different. I, I can honestly say that anytime PWG does a guerrilla warfare match, I often have a very hard time watching it. And as much as I like Kevin Steen and uh, as good as Adam Cole is, this definitely did not disappoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kev- yeah. What, what do you guys think? Kevin Steen is, and if correct me, DJ, I'm trained by Jacques Rougeau, right? He, his original training was by Jacques Rougeau. He, he was kind of the, the prodigy, the, the million dollar prospect of, of Jacques Rougeau back then. And, and uh, Curly, to just give you context, another big fat guy who was really athletic, Kevin Steen kind of takes from that. Montreal. From Montreal. From <laughs> Montreal. Take that to a whole nother level. Uh, whenever you can see a, a pot belly kind of move with the sort of athleticism that he does. Very uh, impressed. Always, always incredibly impressive. Uh, it's, it's matches like this that you can see why, uh, you know, you would not be shocked to see a year from now, maybe not this WrestleMania, but the WrestleMania after it, a headlining match, you know, for, for an intercontinental title or, a tag team title with, with Sami Zayn and Kevin Steen prominent. They've never tagged together. Uh, they might in NXT. They might in NXT. Tag, they might tag for the first time together with in, in NXT. It might happen. Might happen. It would be, it, it's, it's because of this kind of work, work rate. You know, they, he's a unique, a very unique personality. Like you said, it, it's, 
it's always impressive when people can be that athletic, right? It's impressive when they have that kind of a read on the crowd. It's that much more impressive when it is an atypical body type. Uh, mm-hmm. Kevin Steen has an atypical body type and he uses it to the best of his, uh, his advantage. I'm excited to see him get that cup of coffee in NXT. Maybe he's out in six months and, or they give him, you know, a squirting flower clown gimmick and, and he's done and he'll be back at pro wrestling gorilla in a year or maybe he's, you know, uh, a, a, you know, a, a championship contender. But I will say I am of the opinion that not unlike a certain straight edge douchebag from Chicago, if you give Kevin Steen something, he might make it work because he's, mm-hmm. he's pretty damn talented. So yeah, I, he I wonder, you know, in a post-punk, post-Daniel Bryant world, it seems as if at least there are elements inside WWE creative. Oh yeah, might be Triple H uh, that are saying no, 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 no. These guys get this for a reason. These mm-hmm. guys are headliners for a reason. They might not look like the the typical WWF. They might not look like jo- John Cena, you know. But they get over just as well, if not bigger, because they have this seasoning with this kind of indie crap. There's a reason Sami Zayn has caught on so well in NXT, and it's exactly as you're describing. Hell out for the like they're they're just now giving him a push, but like, but he was basically enhanced. Like I I almost feel like Tommy Dreamer. Someone told me that because I was really getting kind of pissed off that he was taking so many losses. Uh, but then someone said to me, Sami Zayn is pretty much the Tommy Dreamer of NXT. And that, yeah, he loses a lot, but everyone still loves him because everyone knows how good he is. And it's only a matter of time. Yeah. And when they put it that way, it was like, yeah, okay, okay, all right, fine. Match with Cesaro at that first NXT pay-per-view is still kind of referred to in in hollowed terms as like you know a a, a five star I mean like it really is and they've never wrestled before either they would never wrestled before that yeah. match yeah, they've never wrestled yeah, before just no. to be able to to kind of have that congeal like that and have that chemistry for the first time it's it's amazing uh yeah and, definitely and, never never in PWG before ever yeah of course not uh. Curly, uh, I'd love to know kind of your reaction to kind of this main event and these guys uh, coming in completely cold to these big time guys. What was your uh, thoughts on on this? Well, so, so so to to not have Justin Rodriguez steal my my saying or not my saying but my my exact same experience. I was running up against the clock trying to watch this. Uh, did not expect a two hour video in the Dropbox. <laughs> Uh, and so I was trying to like, I was trying to power through it, you know, scrub through it. And then I got to this match and I was like, all right, this is the, this is the title match. Uh, I started to scrub a little bit and then I just kind of hit a spot and then started just full on. I couldn't scrub anymore. I was like, I gotta watch this. I'm gonna watch this whole thing. And, uh, I was just impressed. I mean, the, uh, the amount of, uh, so one of the things I wanted to ask before I even go into my comments about it is, uh, I mean, really, how much of it is 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 story driven, and how much is is improv while they're while they're wrestling Here. together? Improv. Okay, so uh, it is exactly like um, a lot of improv shows. Uh, the, a lot of the f- in betweens are 
thought up on the fly and just based on experience. Okay. And so the big they, moments, they the big set pieces are just to you know, throw they one want to hit big set pieces. They want to, they have big set pieces that they want to hit, but sure. getting there is uh done on the fly. And they, it's just you and in most cases, most cases, the match is usually called by the heel, the bad guy, when they are in the ring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is called cool. on the fly by the heel. So, so, so watching it, I was, I was, I was super impressed with Steen's, uh, uh, just running of the crowd. I mean, he, he, all the stuff he did outside of the ring. I mean, all of the, I mean, I think he, he, he pushed the other dude's nuts up to the pole. Yeah. He, different he, times, you know? he like, crotched <laughs> Adam Cole in the ring post and yeah. decided, Hey, you other corner of the crowd, you didn't get a good look at it. Yeah. I'm going to go over there. Look, this is what I did. I picked him up and I threw him against the thing. Wait, you guys didn't get a good look at it. All right, well, hey guys, I mean, I picked him from, up. from a person from a person who knows performing, like what he's doing right there is he is he is he's creating fans for fucking life with the yeah. people that are sitting there able to take pictures of it, and he's like, oh, let's get a picture in the middle of this thing. Like he is making fans of wrestling and fans of him. For life. I mean, they're, they're never, they're gonna have that shit fucking. A testament to Adam Cole, who, I, I, honestly, early on, I didn't see it. I did not see it with him. But with his run as Ring of Honor World Champion, and his run as PWG World Champion, uh, going on later, he has really become a absolutely fantastic wrestling heel. He, (laughs) he plays the shitbox quite well. He plays it exceptionally well, and th- this was just the beginning of it, really. And he was he was absolutely fantastic in this. And in addition to that, there was a lot of blood in this fight. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah see, this this was a blade. This was a blade job. I, I don't feel like that 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 Solomon Cromat was was blading in in the kind of traditional sense. That seemed like like something that was. Uh, Busted open naturally, but this I think was definitely uh, uh, you're doing it the hard way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was oh, impressed. Yeah. I mean, I was like, oh, cool, like this is gonna be some fake thumbnail, thumbtacks or whatever. <laughs> this is whatever, you know. But like, and I was like, oh, those chairs. That seems like a precarious uh, situation for them to really want to throw down upon, and they might get hurt. And then you know, you see. Oh no! 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 And my internet fucking fucked us. Alright. Well, uh, Justin, that was PWG Mystery Vortex. Uh, you living in California, uh, what did you think of PWG? Your, your home indie. What did you think? Uh, it was so good. I mean, PWG and indie wrestling in general is such a unique flavor of probably our most unique form of live theater. You know, like it is, it is such a unique art form that, uh, you can't help but love it at, when it's at its, its highest form and, and you have guys that are, you know, in, if they're really born out of their era, you know, if, if these guys were born 40 years before, they'd be able to make kind of, uh, middle class livings working territories, you know, yeah. and in the modern era, you kind of have very, very little of that, but the passion you get is just so amazing. And it was really, really on display in this event. 
I, I don't know if they do Northern California stuff. I would love to see if, if they do and otherwise. They, the they really only run out of Reseda. That's yeah. what they really and Other than that, I'll just have to make a, make a point to come down there and see a big old fat BWG show, uh, you know, get myself a pitcher of beer, which seems to be a, uh, a <laughs> uh, me and Curly. I'll meet you in Reseda, baby. Let's do it. Yes. I'll bring the beer. Uh, Curly, uh, as your first introduction into the pro wrestling genre, uh, it not being World Wrestling Entertainment under Vince McMahon, what did you think? Uh, what did you get out of this experience uh, in in pro wrestling? I think it's been the the narrative of my entire uh, conversation. This this whole podcast is uh, I'm terribly impressed. I mean, people the people that know me know me for someone that is. Uh, uh, will wax nostalgic, or not nostalgic, but wax uh, immensely and, and to the point of being emotional about loving people having their art forms and whatever it may be, no matter how silly it may be. And uh, I fucking loved every bit of this. I, I thought it was going to be a, a lot more silly than I thought. And, and then what happened was it actually was way sillier than I thought. <laughs> but at the same time, it was amazing. And it was, it was, it was uh, a thrill and it was enjoyable. And uh, I want to know more. I want to know more about the people behind the scenes. And I want to know more about uh, the, the stories that they craft. And uh, I, I honestly want to thank you guys for allowing me to have this. I, I would not have uh, I would not have gotten down uh, this rabbit hole without without a little push from you guys. Mm-hmm. You rave, my friend. Yes. I think we got one more. Uh, I think <laughs> all, all this says to me is that we got to keep the awesome series going. Yes, we do. We, we got to we got to keep up the awesome. Yes. Uh, of course, Curly. Tell our fine folks, the Fanny Pack listeners, where they can find you on the interwebs. When Player One accepts my challenge in San Diego, that's where you'll find me. <laughs> you <laughs> I might need to say it in French. You <laughs> might. Uh, you can find me on Twitch. That's primarily where I, I work out these days. I do live uh, live video game streaming stuff where we uh, we get drunk and play video games. Uh, mm-hmm. Drunk kids gaming. Twitch uh, yeah, for, now. for now. Give it uh, you know changes yeah. to their whole website. DKGTV.com. <laughs> DKGTV.com. Yeah, you can go to the website. DKGTV.com is primarily where you'll find everything. Uh, we and do the YouTube stuff. We do the Twitch stuff. Um, I also simulcast to other websites as well, so it's not necessarily there uh, only. But, yeah, what you'll get from me is um, uh, not only just hanging out with me and playing video games. I like to share uh, my experiences with them. Uh, it harkens back to my childhood where uh, a lot of my early video game uh, experiences and a lot of my, my, my love of, of, of what I remember from my childhood – was sitting around on a couch watching, uh, you know, one friend who got to play the new game, or or I played the game and everyone else was around watching, and we all experienced it as a as a unit. And uh, this day and age with technology the way it is allows me to recreate that with you know you know twenty, thirty, forty, fifty people on the internet, and uh, I love it. The community is fantastic. Uh, come out to a show sometime. Uh, if you look at the website, you'll see a schedule of when we do streams and what games we're playing. And uh, honestly, it's a blast. It's way more cool than you think it is. Yes. Uh, trust me. <laughs> yes. uh, and of course, uh, Justin, Justin, Young. Justin, Justin uh, let's be honest. What would you like to tell the your audience that uh, about? Also, Justin, if if there's anything you want to say to the fans of the Ponyville Phillies, perhaps in the vein of a pro wrestling promo, you are more welcome to to have that option. I mean, listen, uh, there's nothing I have to say to the Ponyville Phillies that I don't say every single week uh, in season during the FSL Tonight. Uh, you can go ahead and find that at FSLTonight.com. You are 
But, you know, listen, they, 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 for some reason, people don't understand that I'm a professional that tells the truth on that show. So those lonely losers can go back down to their basements and continue to live their desolate, lonely lifestyles wherein they will never have any kind of happiness throughout their miserable, disgusting, shriveling little existences. So anyway, I mean, that's just something that, that people should know about FSL tonight. Uh, in all seriousness, let me just say something real quick about Curly. Uh, with the Diamond Club, like just the people that have I've met through NSFW show and, and BB Live show and Night Attack and everything that has kind of come out of there, there has been one thing that has been head and shoulders the most exciting element of that, and it's not the you know uh, the fact that we've been able to kind of interact with people or or even for me personally like I've loved the, to be able to connect with others because of my comedy it really is the community and the fact that you guys do this show and so many others curly has had such success uh with with uh with twitch it's what really makes me the happiest in in life and really is what to me is worthwhile in 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 a way that you know, those guys at PWG go and kill themselves for that crowd pop. What really makes me happiest is is you guys doing this kind of stuff. And uh, I, I just want you all to know that, that it, it always makes me so, so happy that anybody that I've found through this, that we can all kind of gather together and, and share a fan base and, and share support and love. Uh, that's what's rad. That's yeah. what's best. In life. You're a lovely man. Cheer up a little. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, fantastic stuff. Uh, we are, it, of course, that is, <laughs> just an hour young on Twitter. Uh, of course, DJM, uh, you got anything that you'd like to tell the audience? Uh, yes, at just called me DJM on Twitter, as always. Uh, the, the newest thing coming out of Delta Julia Mike Media is No Hope for Humanity, in which I and the lovely Miss Jackie Hearn, Talk about terrible people doing terrible things, usually from the state of Florida. And uh, also, you can see my continuing coverage of the International Anime League in conjunction with Dragon Sports Talk Radio and Toonami Sports at AnimeLeagueDes.tv. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, uh, we're going to be back with the Fanny Pack Wrestling Podcast uh, pretty regularly. we got some plans, some big plans. We're going to keep doing the awesome series along with some other uh, of our regular kind of reviewing. Uh, There's going to be a lot of Daniel Bryan. <laughs> yes, there will be. Uh, and a little bit of Sanjay Dutt as well, surprisingly enough. Uh, just out, out of nowhere. Uh, and we're, you're going to see B-Boy again. It's going to be a completely different B-Boy. Uh, but yeah. More Fanny Pack Wrestling, uh, in various forms, uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, more of my, check out my other podcasts, uh, Halujuku, uh, Record Breakers, Rebelli.net for all of them, uh, FannyPackWrestling.com, FannyPackWP, follow me on Twitter, Peter Rave, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, follow, share, like, uh, until next time. Hasta los huevos. There's gonna be a lot of Daniel Bryan. I'm not kidding i'm kind of obsessed brian or brian danielson daniel brian danielson that's what us indie nerds have grown to call him daniel brian danielson
Well, I, I bet you. I mean, I, sh- I bet you that my fucking Bioshock Infinite playthrough uh, is probably taken down for like you know that fake Cindy Lauper songs that they made. Not to mention like Wolfenstein, where they you know did a bunch of custom versions of like alternate reality like sixty songs and shit. God only knows what I'd be without you. Drinking beer with my friends on the internet. Also, not to mention, I have a mean meatloaf voice, so all the times that I break out in a meatloaf in the middle of a stream, that's yeah. probably taken off. That would be, that's that's a really, that's a compliment you can pick up chicks in a bar with. Like, <laughs> that's a crime against like meatloaf in content matches. <laughs> I get content ID matched on my live internet show. To you, that, is, that is a VidCon pickup line. If I, <laughs> Dude, yeah. at some cons, if there's karaoke going on, holy damn. 